and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Service Monster Podcast. Uh, today, we have a special guest. I'm pretty excited because I'm interested in uncovering this gentleman's story. We've been paying attention to him as admirers at afar and his social media capabilities. Uh, his reviews continue to grow like crazy. And now we learn he's getting his hands in all kinds of different areas and opening up new businesses. And we thought it would be a benefit to bring him on and talk about what brought him into pressure washing and how he won there and what lessons is he taking away? Robert, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. So, so just kick us off, man. Like how, how'd you get into pressure washing and make that your business model and like, give us the pregame, like the origin story. Okay. <laughs> it's a good story. At least I think it's a good story. I was a project manager for a large company um, at the time. They were called Valley Crest or Brightview. Now they're a, a nationwide, actually worldwide uh, landscape company. Um, and I was a project manager there for a few years doing huge projects, $2 million projects, $7 million projects. So I, I had a lot of experience uh, running jobs. I got fired for lack of performance on, on one of my projects and I was unemployed for about three, four months. And um, my wife, who's a property manager in a large HOA here in uh, the West Kendall area in Miami, a sub suburb of Miami, uh, said, hey, I have a job, a little pressure washing job. I didn't even have a pressure washer. I had to borrow one from her neighbor, a little $300 job. I'll never forget it. And it was cleaning a little portion of an uh, entranceway to the clubhouse. And that's what started it. I rented the pressure washer. I got a couple other gigs from her. Then I got a few more gigs in the association. Totally green. I had no idea what I was doing. I started learning. A um, few months in, uh, was, I said, I'm going to learn how to clean roofs. So I, I linked up with somebody who was more advanced than me in the, in the business. And he gave me some pointers, learned how to clean some roofs. So I'm out. I booked five roofs in one day. And, oh, wow. I, was, and I made it, right? I made it. I, this, this is it. Unfortunately, in my county, in Miami, you need to have a contractor's license to clean roofs. I'm on the roof. Well, my team's on the roof. My couple, not a team. I didn't have a team yet. I had a couple guys helping me. They were on the roof, and one of my competitors saw me and called the county on me. And the county showed up in five minutes, slapped me with a $5,000 fine for being an unlicensed contract uh, working on a roof. And I, nobody had told us we needed this type of license or nothing. I had a regular a local business taxes that we assumed that we needed. Turns out you need to have a contractor's license, go to school for it. No. Uh -oh. We lost you, Robert. Good old remote technical difficulties. Yep. Oh, oh, you're back. You're back. I'm back. You're back. You're back. Had to go to school for it. Okay. So I had to go to school to get the contractor's license, um, pay some, some dues and take a test. Um, I went back to the county and then they, um, they were like, I said, I, I, they told me, they gave me six months to get the license. I got it in two days. I, I went super wow. fast. I even had to find a qualifier 
Um, that's and that's a whole different story. But I found a qualifier. I got put my batteries on. I, I was able to get the license in two days. The county then dropped uh, the fine of five thousand dollars, and then uh, they they basically slapped me on the wrist and told me, "Okay, you're you're in good standing now. Now you're a contractor." That point, my doors opened up dramatically. Um, I started going after bigger projects. I linked up with Costco because a friend of mine worked was a manager at Costco. He gave me my first break, and I started servicing my local Costco store down here. We've been serving them for five years now. We have multiple stores. Um, that was my first contract, and then I started looking and looking. I used my experience in the in, in the contracting that I was doing with Valleycrest. Um, and I applied that to, to doing these jobs. And today, here we are. We're, we've turned into, in five years, into a, a juggernaut of big projects. And that's what we specialize in, these huge projects. And it took about five years to get to this point. And uh, here we are. That's the story. That's the, that's the initial story. And how many guys do you have on your team now? That's seven. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And, and now you've taken that model... And now you're turning your attention towards a whole nother project. Yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah, good question. Uh, uh, we were very fortunate. We, uh, the business was doing very well. It's doing very well. So we, I decided to, This is. I don't know if this is weird, but I, I thought I would give some of my employees, two in particular, an opportunity um, to become business owners. And um, I brought two of them along. I, I opened, we opened up a, uh, we bought a franchise of a uh, artificial turf company. And um, now those two, now those two employees are owners now. They, they're, they're business owners. First time, one's 27 years old and one's 33, 36 years old. First time business owners. But uh, I'm guiding them and helping them. I gave them an opportunity to change their life. And, and they're, they're eating it up. They love it. They're learning a bunch of stuff. So we took, uh, I took what I learned from the pressure cleaning company and we plugged it into, into the new franchise of uh, artificial turf. And that's our new endeavor. Yeah. How long has that been open? We just opened, uh, two months ago and we're already doing about 50 grand a month in sales. Yeah. That's great. That's our second month. Um, that's what we've done so far. So we're, we're really proud and very, uh, very eager to keep the business growing. And now can your pressure washing division come back to handle cleaning the turf at a later date? Exactly. That's we, we've parlayed that into, um, we do maintenance now for the, for turf. So it's an, an added service and I offer maintenance contracts as well for, for, for turf. Uh, there you go. It opened up, you know, they crossed paths and the businesses go hand in hand on my turf projects. When we make a big mess, because we, de- we demolish, we use heavy equipment, we demolish driveways and uh, we make huge messes. I bring in my pressure washing company to do the cleanup. So they, they work hand in hand and I bill for it in the jobs. Of course. Up. Yeah. So it's, 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 been a, it's been a blessing. Yeah. Very cool. Were those two employees kind of like your long, long-term guys who kind of were there from the start? Not from the start. They've been with me for about a year, but they were my hardest working guys. They, they were the ones that were there always there early, always working late never complained they proved to me by their work ethic that they um that they wanted something different and um i decided to give them an opportunity and they're running with it they, they're telling you they're green they didn't know how to anything about this and they're learning they're, they're neck deep in it 
And what a brass ring you've created for anyone else who comes to work for you. Yeah, that's the truth. That's the truth. Yeah. You know, you can really come and and I, I we have clips of the of this. Um, I've been suggesting this for a long time. Going after I call it going after the superheroes before they become supers, right? Being part of their origin story and being part of them as they came up. Like who wouldn't want Captain America to work for them before he took the juice? Every single one of us would love to be part of that because he was always Captain America, regardless of how big he was. And so I love that. And that means that you're really cultivating these individuals as much as you can get out of them and then pumping them up as much as they can go and then letting them go on their next part of their journey. Um, they're part of their life. I think, it, you know, that's that's an incredible way to set up a company culture as long as you kind of have the heart of a teacher, right? And you're setting people up where you can, you know, your wisdom and experience that you've gained can be communicated towards those individuals who are willing to receive it. And that's the key, right? Finding people who are willing to receive it. So you filtered them out already. And now everyone else can see this path that you've created, right? So bringing in people to say, look, you're not, it's, you're not just pressure washing. I'm going to show you how to build a business. I'm going to show you how to run a service company. Like if you're thinking about a contractor license later, where you're going to do flooring and then you're going to go, you know, start a flooring business. Like I can give you the business knowledge required to make that happen. It's going to be better than a school. You're going to be earning a living while you're doing it. You're going to help me along the way. Yeah. Oh, by the way, you're going to be pressure washing shit. (laughs) Like that's just it. So um, we do, you know, and we do the same thing here. We trade on people's passions. Um, And so if you find people who are passionate about later investing in themselves and later and have the introspection right needed to later have a business, then you can set up a really good environment for them, especially in these smaller service businesses. I've always thought that. So well done, Robert. Agree. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah. I see the wisdom. Um, Do they? That's the biggest question. And it sounds like you've got a good team. We do have a very good team. I'm very proud of them, and I, and um, we have a different culture in my company. It's not like a. It's, everybody says it who works for me. It's uh, it's the culture is different. It's a. We, I wanted. I've worked in many places, and I've seen the bosses that are on top of you, and and, and uh, how things can get negative really quick. I didn't want that to happen. Not that it doesn't happen on occasion, but I create an environment where we can communicate freely. We can be ourselves. Um, there's not. There's a lot of pressures taken off of the employees. Um, but they still have to perform, and they do. And it's 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 very important to 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 pump them up. We give them a lot of positive reinforcement. We do events for our for our team. Um, we give bonuses on jobs. Like we make it a, a culture that you you want to stay here working with. Now, it's hard to keep guys working with you. It's it's really hard in this business. It really is, it, especially if you're adopting your grandfather's employee manual. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Right. And so that authoritarian regime just doesn't work anymore. Help wanted sign and a whip. Well, doesn't get the job done. Absolutely. We're human. We we have we we have uh, we have to use empathy. We have to use a lot of things to to keep the culture moving. And uh, I, I put a strong effort and emphasis on those things. And then at the end of the day, could you be where you at if you didn't have those people working for you? 
I was on the truck for two years, my first two years. I did everything. Um, once I started getting people is when my, my, my business started opening up. You got to get off the truck. If you're on the truck, you can't. You, there's only so much you can do. You got to get off the truck. You got to get off the truck. How'd you get off the truck, Robert? I First, I started hiring um, guys here and there. Those guys were stealing from me. I would pull the job sites or doing side work with my equipment. It happened to me several times. I found a way how to how to minimize that or mitigate that, and um, I started finding employees that were with me a little bit better, a little bit longer, and and that's how I got off the truck. I got one guy who was pretty reliable for a year. I was off the truck, and I got a taste of it, and I'm like, there's no way I can go back, and um, and I didn't. That's when I came into you guys. The, the, the software really changed our business. It. it that allowed it to get organized, which on a whole different level. One thing on an Excel spreadsheet to a service monster software that that, that opens doors for you and it makes the business run a lot smoother. So you guys really helped us out big time. I'm a big proponent of service monster. Uh, we appreciate that. It, it, it's an aligning your business systems up with a method that is easily executed by each individual within the company knowing how to track your goals and pay attention to those me metrics and key performance indicators and paying attention when you make changes to how those shift, right? Um, giving access to your technicians and, and uh, cleaners when they're out in the field so they can actually get things done and accomplished. So it's not this big effort to do uh, with bookkeeping and data capture. So, um, I always say the best CRM is the one you use. I do have a favorite. It's the one I design. <laughs> but it really is. A, it really is. It's just more to me. To us, it's more than a CRM. I mean, it's our. It's our. It's our grail. We go by that. We we live and die by this software. My team. My my call them team members. My team members. They they they're on it every day, and and they're checking it. What's next? And there's an update. Hey guys, check the update. Check. We have a, We changed something on here. They're on it. They use the tool. You gotta use it. If you don't use it, it's, it's the value. So we use it on a daily basis, all day long. They're yeah. both. I'm, I'm looking at my browser right now. I have one for Monster Grass and one for for uh, for uh, Pressure Clean open, and all day we're tabbing in between those, getting you know working them. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good to hear. Yeah. Well, sir, you've done an amazing job. I think uh, it speaks towards company culture, right? Especially that transition of how do you get off the truck? Well, one way is to make sure that you're creating a, a great place to work where people that you can rely on. Sure. They call in after on, you know, for hangover Monday every other week and you've got to strap the boots on. That's really a downer to that momentum you can create being off the truck, growing and thinking about, things that you can make and changes that you know you need to make in your business, like implementing systems and paying attention to metrics. So now uh, you're doing an amazing job, sir. What was, sorry about that, Robert. What was um, kind of like outside of the, the software side of it? Cause I mean, that's, that's obviously just being organized in general, maintaining your client relationship. I mean, that's huge in any sort of recurring business at all. Um, but how did you kind of, learn the ropes as far as maybe some some of the marketing efforts you did or some of the other steps you took to kind of grow into so you could you know make up for that you know added expenditure of hiring employees and things like that that's a really good question um 
at, at first we started marketing. I think we did what every single new pressure washing company does. They go to Google, spend some money on ads, uh, Angie's List, those type of service, those type of businesses. I find that they don't work. Um, this is just my personal opinion. I'm nothing against them. But for me, it was I was giving away money. So I, I decided to go on a different approach. Um, I went SEO, uh, organic SEO, on my own. I learned how to do it. Um, and my sites, I don't advertise. I don't spend a dollar on advertising. And my I, I, I get about thirty-eight to 45,000 views a month to my website and about 1,800 interactions um, a week. No, I'm sorry, a month um, on my site. That turns into calls, visits to my website, a bunch of things. I don't spend a dollar on advertising, not even a dollar. Honest to God, I really don't. Um, I did something a little bit different, though. I, I target the HOAs, and I find there's ways to get to the to the decision makers without having to spend a dollar. You do have to spend some time. But public record has a lot of information. You can find out who's on boards, where they live, and you can directly drip campaign them, the decision makers themselves. That's what I do. That's my approach. I find out the boards, who's on boards, um, and I find out there's 10 people on a board. I'm mailing those people a card or, or a something i've even used send gym and, and things of that nature but I, I i do my marketing a little bit not marketing I, I do my client acquisition a little bit different um but now at year five in the business it's um it's a lot of word of mouth the clients are coming around robert does these big projects called robert or called pressure clean and so so now i'm on the on the rollover of, of the uh, of the word of mouth coming around no zero advertising. The SEO is done. I don't spend any money doing it. We just tweak it when we have to. That's what we are. That's how we acquire clients. Yeah. Um, obviously, we do other stuff behind the scenes, board meetings, and things of that nature. But um, that's it. That's the, that's the gist of it. Well, you you did something that you know every coach coaches, but no one rarely really understands, and that's you focused on a specific demographic one that was not difficult for you to get to and whatever message you're connecting with, you're serving a need that they have. And so, you know, you figured out this little niche, right? And now you have this pool of leads you can go to. And then as you do a good job, of course, and we talk about when you hit that kind of 1% of your total marketable base, and you do good work and, and you're getting a repeat business, then it starts to take over referrals, start to become your number one source of advertising. And so now you've got recurring clients or clients with new projects, new jobs, new, and then you've also got referrals on top of that. So something I noticed about that is the, the price doesn't become so much of an issue in these cases. Right. The client is, is, knows how you work, they have a history with you. You're not negotiating price so much. I mean, you're kind of secondary at that point. Right. But you're negotiating a schedule, which is more important. Um, so it changes. There's a shift. There's a paradigm shift um, in, in how the business functions. And um, yeah. The other thing I love about this, absolutely, Robert, is that you, you took two gigantic strengths that you had right when you started. When you, you know, you full on just explained like you were totally green at the start, but you had 
tons of pro- tons of experience on these large projects. So I mean, I'm sure they kind of kind of got the brain gears tinkering as far as okay, what can I what can I leverage here? And then you also you know, talked about your wife getting you in with that HOA. Uh, you know, initially it sort of like kind of took you down that path organically. And I think this is one of those things that a lot of times we get so hung up on all the different options that are available to us, um, where we can market, who we can target, you know, how should I be handling these things? But it's like really, you know, play on your strengths sometimes. If you have that experience in other in other avenues, you know, take some of that and hit it hard because you already know how to handle that and it's just gonna take some legwork. And so I just I really love to, love to see that. And sometimes, you know, you gotta do the things that nobody wants to do. and. It really isn't as that simple. You can put a few ads and, and people call you. It's not that simple. There's a lot more to it than that, but a lot of people think it's that simple. But there's a lot that goes into acquiring a client, a lot that goes into a, to keeping the client with you. So it's a lot of maintenance, uh, reaching out to them, staying in front of them the whole time, emails, social media, things of that nature. That, that, that. But it's a lot of work to, to acquire them and just as much to keep but you do good work, your work speaks for itself the majority of the time. It's easier yeah. to get somebody to communicate with the client as well. Bad and good. I've had this, we have done disastrous things on job. I have killed whole communities. Oh, no. I'm not lying. I have killed entire communities of, of soft washing. Um, we've parlayed that. Those those disasters, we've parlayed them into more business with the same people. Right. Standing up to you on your mistake. Totally. Man, you own it. You killed it. What you gonna do? What are you gonna do about it? You gotta just move forward, and fix it, find a solution. It's oftentimes when something goes wrong that we really get, get a chance to prove how we're different. Absolutely, a lot of combat. Look, I'm telling you, when I made all these mistakes initially, I thought it was the end of the world. I'm like, man, I killed all these plants. I don't have the money to pay for this. But things happen. You learn. You, you, you learn to negotiate. You use your people skills with the with the people with the, the client. And you can get a grasp, and you can turn it around. But you gotta stick. You gotta stick with it. You gotta be there present. You gotta show me you're not going anywhere. Yeah, um, I don't want to drift too far away from this important point. And, and Adam leaned on it, but I want to. I want to hit it hard because I'm reminded of Sun's. Uh, in this case, where when you're marketing, people want when when you want to go big, you've got to go small. Instead of going big, how many people are in my community and how many houses and roofs can I wash? No, 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 no. How can you get into a community of people and own that existing thing? And in this case, homeowners associations and other people's cases, it's dental offices and other people's cases, it's, um, you know, trucks, you know, big, big rigs, you know, and other people's and you can go on and on and on. But you can grow much faster focusing your 10x efforts, because let's be real here. Sales game is about activity, generating huge amounts of activity towards a a demographic marketing is even worse. You're trying to do it at scale. You're trying to get in front of an audience and capture that demographics attention, maintain their attention. And then hopefully your products and services that you have will link up and then they'll come to you. Awesome. Cause of the referral or whatever. And then you're off and you're doing the work. But, um, I, when you're targeting a very small group, a very niche, it, 
your marketing dollars go longer. The referrals are better because they're in the network. Um, and if you can infiltrate a network, it makes it that much harder for competitors to even come in because you, you're the network guy. And that network, if you think about it, if it's 50 or 100 people and you're able to service half of them compared to trying to carpet bomb and having this one person on this side and this one person over here, there's no cohesion there. There's no no way to pull that all together um, in addition to the point that Adam kind of, you know, suddenly made this, this concept of falling forward. So as you're falling forward and you're building a business, what do you already, what are the tools that you already have? What are the things that you're already presented with? What's that, those little niches you're already part of, how can you leverage those and be a master of those worlds and then use those to build a good solid foundation to then move up and up the stream or into different, larger, demographics instead of just thinking immediately i'm going to be the biggest pressure washer in the whole state because i have a million and a half rooms i can service so when you ask somebody you know who's your clients oh every roof in the state is my client Er, wrong answer wrong answer right because now you're going to stay small by thinking big um so anyway i wanted to i wanted to really drive that home well robert uh, oh, go ahead, Adam. I'm sorry, Joe. Uh, my mental link is just slightly off there. No, um, I think one of the really interesting things too about even just how this this interview came to be. Uh, first off, you've been killing it in reviews. So I think maybe we could you know take a minute to talk about just the the review game, how you guys have been handling that, and so forth. But also just social media presence. I mean, this whole thing kind of started with. Um, you um, shared us some love on Instagram, uh, which we always appreciate. And one of the things I find really fascinating about pressure washers in particular, um, it's true for a lot of service industries, but pressure washing in particular has this really fascinating kind of niche in video content as far as the the before and after. And it, we had some crazy viral videos, um, you know, 2018, I think was when they really kind of started to spike. Um, but it came, it's very pleasant to watch. And so it fit all of these mediums, you know, the Instagram 10 second video, the, you know, the, the Facebook 20 second video, um, even, you know, into things like TikTok and things like that, but we don't need to talk about that. But um, I guess I kind of wanted to talk about how you handle that because we're in this whole different world where service providers, I think one of the biggest um, greatest parts of social media because there's a lot of bad things that come from social media if we're being honest from a society's point of view um but the service provider uh, um, communication to their clients is not one of them it's amazing how fast you guys can interact um how you can kind of immediately you know solve problems you can immediately you know have that praise heaped upon you and really kind of make them feel like they're connected so oh it's very under leveraged right now too exactly in in the service community still even though i've been shouting about it for five years right still very undervalued very very underutilized so yeah what are you what are you doing robert what's your secret man yeah i don't really have a secret i use social media i think a little bit different than at least my, my my paradigm on the social media is a little bit different than most i don't do it for i like to make videos so I don't do it for the content and for the likes. My social media, <clears throat> excuse me, is essentially a showcase of my work. Um, and it's a creative outlet for me. I use the software. I create some videos. I'm pretty good at it. Um, without, only with that one software, nothing major. 
But my approach to it is different. Just a little bit of a creative outlet, showing a little bit of before and after, add some music, more of a film type thing versus a before and after. Um, but essentially, my social media is my just my creative outlet and a showcase for my work. It doesn't get me any business. Uh, it has maybe gotten me a couple of deals in five years, literally a couple of deals. Um, but people, I always refer them to it as a tool for me. Hey, check out my social media if you want to see what we can do. Um, that's really the extent of it. I, I do focus a lot on the reviews, though, which are really hard to get. But, uh, everybody tells you they're going to give you the review, every single person. And nine out of ten don't give it to you. I ask a couple of times. After that, I'm not going to bother anybody. It is what it is. I don't want to give it. Um, but it's worth taking a, a lot of work to get to, the, to where we are as far as reviews go. Um, challenging but we, we we hate it we asked the customers a couple of times and that's about it as far as the to get a review is there kind of a, like a specific way you ask a specific process maybe software you're using anything like that or is it just kind of the the personal interaction you're just kind of teaching your your techs how to how to ask but not you know i usually handle the review part of it. Uh, gotcha i don't want to burden the, te- the, the text with that they're working hard already and i don't want to give them anything else to deal with so I'll, I maintain that the clients I'm in contact with most of the clients most of the time. And I'll, if we do a good job on it, we'll, we'll ask for a review. Um, again, everybody says, yeah, absolutely. We'll give you the review. The majority don't. Um, but over a few years, we've been able to amass a, a few. And they're all honest reviews. They're all people that we've worked for and, and they're, they're happy with the outcomes of their projects. That's, that's it. I'm not for it. Very cool. I have one last thing, I think, Joe, and then I'll I'll get back to my comedic uh, sideshow here. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk about uniforms. The first thing I noticed when Robert came on here, I literally was just like, the, what a cool uniform. It reminded me of Waterworld. I used to, it's a big thing, uh, water park in, in Denver. Reminded me of that, you know, the water and whatnot. And this is a thing that I saw a lot on the onboarding side is new business owners trying to figure out, you know, van wraps, uniforms and thing like things like that. And I I personally as someone who has never, you know, been a business owner, I personally think it's critically important because you guys are entering homes because you're you're coming onto someone's property that you need to have something that sets yourself apart and looks professional and is also comfortable and so forth. So uh, did you kind of grow into that or is that something you kind of worked right at the beginning? You're like we need to have uniforms and that's it. One of the things that I learned early on when I worked with the Valley Crescent with the big companies, everybody's in a uniform all the time. The big wigs, yeah, they're in a uniform. It may not be the same uniform, but it's a, it's a brand. They have their brand where they're working on. I wanted to have a little bit more cohesiveness and have everybody looking the same. So when we arrive at a job site, it, it gives the customer the impression like these guys are organized. It's the first thing they're going to see is everybody's in a, they have a beautiful truck. Everybody's in a uniform. Everybody speaks politely to the clients, very respectful. These are mandatory things and that we, that we do. Um, and it goes a long way. And I haven't had to teach my guys that. They know it. They, it's innate in them. So that's a positive thing. Um, but the uniforms were a huge thing. We went from, we've gone through many types of them until we found these that are bleach resistant from thin print, which are good quality shirts. Um, but uniforms were right off the bat, day one. In, we had little embroidered shirts or ironed on shirts. We started kind of crude, but we grew into something a little bit better like these. Um, but it's hyper important, in my opinion, is to look to have a, a semblance of professionalism. 
Yeah. And like you said, it also helps build the brand over time, you know, Absolutely. as you have that on your trucks and everything. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know how many times Joe's talked about the the service provider motto, essentially. And it's <laughs> like, even hit the bare minimum, just, you know, showing up and being clean, uniforms, things like that. It gets you way ahead of a lot of competition. You said something that I hear on a weekly basis. Miami has a reputation of having some shady contractors. It's unfortunate, but it is what it is. And I'm sure many of other demographics have the same thing. But Miami's kind of shady in that aspect. But one thing that our customers always tell me is, you guys showed up. To me, I'm always surprised to hear that. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, I'm going to show up. I'm, what do you mean I showed up? Oh, I called five people and nobody showed up. And I'm like, okay, that's it. That's, they're, they're slipping. They're making a mistake. They're, they're losing an opportunity. We show up, we answer our phones, we return our emails. The, the basic things that you have to do in business <clears throat> all the time. Basic. Basic. I mean, uh, you know, if you just do the basic things, you're going to be 80% ahead of the game. It's, just, it's sad, but it's true. It's very true. Very true. But a lot of people skip on that and, and, that's what makes the difference between someone's going to be successful or not is some little things like that. Those those little extras go a lot further than people can fathom. I'm always reminded, get your butt down in baseball, you know, in a little down. league, fundamentals. And yet in high school, hearing the coaches yell it in All-Stars, World Series, you know, one of, you know, 40 players on the planet. In the, what are the coaches screaming? Get your butt down professionals you see it on the on the field you know the second baseman goes a little bit lazy get your butt down it's like those fundamentals are gonna what's are what's gonna separate you it's true it's very true very good asher you've uh been sitting there quietly with a nice backdrop there providing us with some scenery what uh do you have anything you would like to ask or, or comment on for robert here well, Adam kind of stole my thunder. I was really curious about the reviews just because they, they are really gleaming. Like it's, it's really hard to get over four and a half stars. It's really, really hard to get that to 4.9, which is just kind of unheard of. Um, but I'm glad Adam asked that. And also your Instagram on the whole, it might not bring a lot of business, but you can still really see that polish on it where it, you, if you direct somebody there, it shows the, I think it's a kind of a signal of professionalism these days to have your social media look like it has a manager and like it's integrated into the rest of your business. Um, I would say so, that you're undervaluing yeah. your social media in terms of how many deals you may have closed or at least influence it, right? We call that loft where people need to see your brand a few times or they need to feel good about it because they see that you're not just professional, but you're reputable and that you have multiple places where you show up and people are interacting with you. And, you know, somebody seeing in passing that you have a strong Instagram presence and a couple really cool videos um, that may make the difference when they call you next week. Sure. Right. And so, um, you know, I, I, I think with that presence, you certainly are getting business benefit out of it more than just the four deals that you may have mentioned exactly. you closed, exactly. right? There is another benefit to it. It's not, ca I would say cash flow, but it has a different benefit. That's exactly what you said. That's right. Yeah. Helps yeah. keep things uh, in front of your audience and fresh. 
Anything yeah. else, Asher? That was my main thing. Um, I, I'm kind of curious, actually, to hear a little bit more about the turf side of things. Um, just like, how does it differ operationally, even? Oh, I, I would imagine they're very different spaces to be in. That's a really good question. The turf side is essentially a mini construction company. Mm-hmm. There's so much coordination going on with a subcontractor, the sand contractor, the turf distributor. It's, it's, it's a, literally a small construction company. Um, the basis is all coordination, all of it. Way more coordination than in my pressure washing business. Um, and you have to deal with a lot more. We deal with a lot of subs in this because I don't have my own equipment yet, like podcasts and things of that nature. So you're dealing with a lot of subs. Um, it's a lot more challenging, a lot more time consuming. I've, I'm, I'm going losing my mind. I think I want to quit, but I, you know, but I'm not going to. But it goes through my mind because it gets so stressful that sometimes these contractors are not doing what they're supposed to do. But it's part of the game. I felt the same way when I started pressure cleaning. I had many moments of, ah, I, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. But here we are, five years later. So I, my wife reminds me all the time, um, remember how you felt when you were in pressure team when you started to stick to it as you're going to get through it. Sure enough, we get through it. Yeah. But it's a challenging business, um, but it's great. You learn a lot, um, and it's a new challenge in life that I'm looking forward to, to, to taking on really good and, and, and being very successful. At it. I bought a local franchise here. Um, and we're kicking butt, man. We're, we're doing sales already. We're, we're doing projects. So we have already done like five or six projects. We're on a big one now. And it's like, wow, it's crazy. Yeah. Once in. You'll, you'll get there. Yeah. You'll get there. That's good. Yeah. Well, Robert, any other parting words of wisdom you'd like to share? I, uh, you've been a great guest and, and, you know, we've really enjoyed kind of going through the, uh, the nuggets, as it were. What what else would you like to part us I with? I have something else to say. I, I want to just take a moment to talk about the software, which has, I can't say it enough, guys. It's changed our business. Like it's changed. It, 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 the scheduling is amazing. The that's, I mean, at a glance, you can see what's coming up. I, I have a hard time that I like to, when people call me, they want to, I like to service them quick and get them on, on the con, on the on the calendar quick. I can just look at it two weeks in advance and I say, no, I can get them on to, to this date in, in a flash. One of the things that we use, the email communication is on it is great. Um, the forms that you guys have, the CRM, I mean, I don't know what I would have done with another software that would have given me the same results. And so I'm, I'm a fanboy. Of, of, <laughs> I'm a fanboy. I can't stress it enough. When I started the second business, I said right away we got to open up the Service Monster account because we're not going to take a day without it because um, it helps us that much. So I want to say thank you to you guys for, for having the imagination to create that product and to that you constantly improve it. Every time I call for help, I get help immediately. Um and so I want to thank you guys for, for having a great product. We, we believe in it and we, we're going to stick with you guys for a while. Yeah. And, you know, we build it just f- exactly for businesses like yours, right? That's yeah. the results that, that make us happy. And the whole reason that drives our entire companies, providing yeah. you guys with great ways to make your 
businesses easier and fun to run. You got to so. use it. You got to use it. Changes the game when you use it. Absolutely. Thank you for the kind words, Robert. Absolutely. Oh, Thank you so much. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for your attention. If you have any questions for Robert, feel free to pass them our way. We'll be sure that he gets them. I'm sure he'd be more than happy to any answer any questions that you have. Um, yeah, a, a, good, a good couple points to take away uh, from this podcast. Go back and listen to it again. Until next time, see you. Be safe. <laughs>